0: Welcome to Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. I'm Natalie Walton, an interior designer, stylist, and best-selling author, focused on an holistic approach to homes. Each week I'm sharing insights and interviews about the creative process to help you enhance both your interiors and well-being, as well as provide you with the tools and resources to make considered and sustainable choices with all that you create. If you like to try before you buy, I have some exciting news for you. You can now get an exclusive extract from my new book, Style. All you have to do is go to nataliewalton.com forward slash style book and enter your details to get a free sample of what's inside. So if you're intrigued to learn more about how your style is the foundation of everything you create at home, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash style book for your free exclusive sample. Hello, everyone. I hope you're all well. Today, I'm excited to share an interview with Chloe Crane LaRue, who is a food interiors and lifestyle photographer and content creator based in New York. She has over 10 years experience as a professional photographer for various publications and campaigns across North America and Europe, and is the co-author of a cookbook called Meadowland, which she also worked on with her mother, which I learned during this interview. She has the most beautiful Instagram feed. It is Chloe LaRue, and I will include a link in the show notes so you can click on right through if you don't already follow her. I really encourage you to do because her images have a beautiful film-like quality to them, but it's also really joyful and I love being transported by her images today we talk about her journey and how beauty is at the heart of everything she does enjoy hi chloe welcome to the podcast now before we get started where are you are you based in new york today
1: yes right now i'm in new york city so if you do hear some Very common in New York City noises. I am sorry, but it I'm in New York and it's very busy in Laos City, but I love it. Yeah, that's where I am right now.
0: Well, don't worry. I'm in the country right now. And that (laughs) means that we have like sometimes tractors driving past or my dog will start to bark. So you never, ever know what's going to be in store. Um, Now, first of all, I've introduced you to the listeners a little bit about you and what you do. But um, can you just share a little bit about your journey? Because this is what I'm always fascinated about the journey that you've gone on to get where you are today. Let's start with your childhood. And did you have an inkling at all that you would one day end up a photographer and you know, obviously you probably didn't know about Instagram then. I don't know. Maybe you did. I mean, it certainly wasn't part of my childhood, but um yeah. Can you share about where you grew up and a little bit about your background?
1: Definitely. I mean, I was, I grew up in a very creative family. My mom is very, very creative. Um, she used to be A marketing director at a um, fashion company, and I was seeing her always. managing photo shoots and being around fashion my whole childhood and that inspired me so much and I was just always in awe of her work and the people that she was surrounded with because it looked like so much fun and also just so creative and she was always pushing me to um, be very, very creative in my own way. I was painting a lot when I was young. I was drawing. She would constantly put me in um, dancing classes or sculpting classes, and I knew from a very young age uh, that I wanted to be a photographer. It was something that I I fell in love with very, very young when i was around 12 years old um i had a book from annie lebowitz the photographer and i just fell in love with her work um her the aesthetic that she had the people that she was photographing the stories behind it i saw that and i was like this is exactly what i want to do in my life i want to create stories through images and um yeah since the age of 12 i said to my mom and to my parents i want to be a photographer and they probably did not really believe it back then because of course as you know children they change their mind and things like that but it's stuck it always has it's always been like my you know my dream it was my dream and i said i wanted to also go to Parsons and live in New York. And Parsons is um, a very renowned uh, design school here in New York City. And basically all of my dreams came true, which I'm so grateful for. And I feel like I kind of manifested uh, the life that I ended up having. And it's a beautiful thing. And I'm constantly in awe and so grateful for everything.
0: That's amazing. So, did you grow up in Canada? Is that right? And did you grow up in a city, or can you just share a little bit about like your home life and yeah?
1: So I grew up in Montreal, in Montreal, Canada, uh, which is uh, a pretty uh, large city. Um, and we speak French, so it's the French part of Canada. So I grew up speaking French and, um, there's a very interesting culture, uh, in Quebec, which is the, the province where I'm from. And, you know, we are very different from the rest of Canada. We have our own movies, our own culture, everyone speaks French. So it is very different than the rest of the country. And I was very, um, inspired by, um, where I was brought up because it is, it has a very European, um, flavor to the, to the city, to the city, to, to everything that you touch from, uh, like what I just said, you know, uh, movies, art, it's just, it feels like you're, you are in Europe in North America, which I was very grateful for because I feel like that also affected, um, my whole childhood, my life and my work now today. So Montreal is a great, great city. Um, and I do go back very often because my mom is still there. My family's still there. And I feel like I am still, um, very, uh, inspired by where I came from and where, where I was born.
0: Okay. So I love that cause I've never actually, um, visited Montreal. I've only had an opportunity to visit Canada. So briefly, that was Toronto when I was doing a shoot for my last book and literally we flew in, we drove to the location, which was about an hour or two out of Toronto, did the shoot, drove back to the airport. And then the next day, like that evening, we're on a flight to Europe. So it it was crazy. crazy. So I definitely want to explore Canada more. But so did you, can you just share a little bit more? So did you speak French at home? Is your mum French originally, or is she just French Canadian? Um, and did you speak French? Like, was that your primary language at school as well? Can you share a bit more about that? Of
1: course. So I, um, my, my mom is from Canada as well, but she's from British Columbia, which is it's more on the West and their the, the first language is, um, English. So she moved to Montreal when she was in her late twenties. And that's when she met my father. Um, and so she, uh, I grew up speaking in English with her at home, uh, and my dad is French Canadian from Montreal. So I spoke French to him. So I had, uh, both languages throughout my whole childhood. I, uh, would, you know, speak always in English to my mom and she, I would really practice my English with her. And then with my dad, I would speak in French and I went to French school up until high school, and then from university on, I went into English. So, and uh, now, I mean, living in New York for the last ten years almost, I've definitely become very much of an Anglophone.
0: <laughs> no, it's just really interesting. And so, okay, so you, like you said, you really had this passion for photography Mm -hmm. and from the age of 12 Mm -hmm. and then then what so you went through high school did you then go and study photography at parsons or what was your journey after high school
1: for sure um high school was was actually very hard for me because i wasn't an all-girls school Um, That was very strict and very analytical and everybody wanted to be a doctor, a lawyer. And I felt so out of place because I was the little creative girl that wanted to move to New York and be a photographer. And that was like not the thing. And Instagram did not exist back then. Um, and it was not, I did not grow up with, um, we only grew up with like Facebook and that kind of social media, but we were never really like, for me, my inspiration came from magazines and, you know, from Tumblr back then and things like that. So I was constantly really inspired and wanting to pursue uh, a career as a photographer, but not really pushed in that direction when I was in high school, because people were like, you can't become an artist. Artists don't make money. They, you know, they live poorly. And I was getting all of these people telling me these those things, which uh, actually made me want to, you know, prove them wrong and actually show them what an artist can do. And um, I graduated from high school at 17 years old. And we have what in Quebec, what's called CJP, which is basically a pre-university. So, um, I did three years of this pre-university that we have, and I majored in photography and I went to the school called Dawson, uh, and I learned everything about photography. I was in studio. It was a very technical degree. I learned all of Photoshop, Lightroom, and I had such an amazing base. And when I, I, graduated from dawson i of course wanted to go to parsons and fulfill this dream that i had my whole life uh to go to this school and i applied and because i had so much uh, background already um at dawson and doing all this technical degree i applied for my bachelor's and i was lucky enough to be able to transfer directly into what is called in the United States um, a junior. So I basically skipped two years of bachelor and instead of doing my bachelor's in four years as most people do in the US, I did my bachelor's in two years. So I completed my bachelor's degree majoring in photography at Parsons uh, in two years. So I do have five years of schooling deep, deep schooling in photography, but I'm very grateful for that. And I feel like the background and the learnings and the teachings that I had were really tremendously helpful in my career.
0: And what was it experience like of going to somewhere like Parsons? Did it live up to your expectations or did you meet people that you're still in contact with today or, or was it something completely different? Sometimes, you know, we can have You know put something on a pedestal and then we kind of go into it and yeah it can be different it's
1: it's funny that you mentioned that because coming from not a very renowned school uh, in montreal but studying very very hard photography and really really knowing the base as well and doing all this technical work and then going from to Parsons, which is actually was completely different. Um, the learnings that I that I and the things that I uh, learned in uh, at Parsons was so different. It was much more of a conceptual way of learning and very artistic and uh, more inclined into fine art and really truly knowing. Uh, what kind of artist in particular you want to be compared to when I was um, studying at Dawson in my pre-university. It was just knowing the base and knowing every single thing, very technical, uh, lighting, things like that about photography. And then I completely kind of flipped in a different sphere And learned, you know, what is the, how am I a true artist? What is the core of my art? And really, really digging deeply into that, and kind of understanding the concepts that I do want to create behind every image. And it was interesting to see both of those um, aspects that were so different, you know, I really um kind of went through everything and i think it was actually a beautiful transition because instead of learning again um you know every technical um thing that i i, I learned at dawson it was really going more to the root the deep deep um sensation of why i wanted to be a photographer and it was it, it was definitely a, an amazing thing to go to Parsons and I do love it. And I was so grateful that I went, but I, but when I look back and um, at all of my schooling, I feel like the base that I got at Dawson in Montreal was fundamental. And, um, you know, learning all of these things through lighting, Photoshop, Um, light room just really and just knowing really at the core the the good aspects of what creates a beautiful image and more of the commercial side behind the industry was so important because I feel like nowadays um, everybody kind of says that they're a photographer and sometimes just really learning actually the true um, things about you know, going back to these aspects of the technicalities behind it is, is so important. So I if you were to ask me, sorry, I've been rambling for so long, but if you were to ask me what I preferred, I think I would say my my learnings, my years of schooling at Dawson were probably uh, just more important and more beneficial to my career as a photographer.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's wonderful. I mean, it's, you know, like you say, I mean, it sounds like you got very different things out of both courses. And, Definitely and, maybe, and I'm
1: grateful for both.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm kind of curious what, so obviously, you said at Parsons, it made you think a little bit more about yourself in terms of being an artist. Mm-hmm. Did you have a sense of what type of artist you wanted to be then and and how has that evolved or has it changed or is it um yeah can you share about that
1: it actually changed completely um so i always thought that i wanted to be a fashion photographer i was like i'm moving to new york new york is the capital of fashion i will learn everything about you know the fashion industry and working as a photographer in fashion and i really really thought that that was my end goal and then when i was in new york and when i was working in the fashion industry and um, doing photo shoots i realized that that is exactly not what i do not want in my life and i didn't want to be surrounded by a bit of the superficial aspects that fashion has and kind of this you know frivolousness that i find that sometimes the fashion industry has and i i really did not connect um deeply with it was even the people and um just the basically what fashion is kind of becoming or has become in the last you know 20 30 years um and i wanted to connect with people and i wanted my photography, to just gather people and make everybody happy and not, you know, put a size to people, put, you know, talk people behind people's backs or, you know, have anything superficial. I just wanted this to be a happy place for, you know, who I was and just for the type of work that I was creating. And at the the same time that I was kind of figuring that out, I was um, getting... A lot of requests for doing food photography and interior design, and I was like, you know what? It's I haven't really done it, but let me try. And I was getting more and more requests for that. And I, as I was doing it, I was like, this, this is meant to be. This is exactly what I want, and it's exactly what I feel like my my true calling is. And I just fell in love with food and wine and this you know a whole like interior design basically creating beauty out of you know the things that surround us and that makes us feel safe which you know we love uh, like as a society to when we gather with people we gather around food we gather in our homes and i just felt like that was the essence of what i wanted to create
0: yeah i can relate to that a lot actually i mean when i was when i was at high like sort of i guess finishing high school and doing university i did english literature that was my passion was like books Mm -hmm. and writing and words and and i always loved say vanity fair magazine you know i love the articles and the photography and and Mm -hmm. all of that side of things and um i eventually got into a publishing company a magazine publishing company and there was harper's bazaar there and all these sort of very sort of um high-end magazines in terms of the fashion world. And I was working on an interiors mag and I actually loved how it was a very safe place that you weren't judged on what you looked like, or Mm -hmm. like you say, your dress size or any of those Mm -hmm. things. And it was really about what you created Mm
1: -hmm. and,
0: you know, what you created within the home. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, so I can definitely relate to that. So now tell me, you say that, you know, you started to get work, but, in sort of more food and interiors world. But once you finished your sort of time at Parsons, were you assisting for anybody, like obviously there there must've been some kind of transition for people to even know you to then, um, you know, get that work or were you on Instagram straight away? Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. How did you kind of start to get those first jobs?
1: Yeah, I was on Instagram. I had, I think, about like fifteen thousand followers, and I had been posting for a long time, um, I, as soon as Instagram became a thing. And I was posting my work and really posting almost every day, and wanted to kind of build uh, this small audience that I was having. And when I graduated, I was reaching out to brands, and I was telling them. I would love to do your uh, your photography. I just graduated from Parsons. Um, I would love to be an intern. So I became an intern for a few people, for a few companies, um, and I really learned a lot. And it was in the fashion industry. And I kind of was seeing that it was not during that time really what I was um, loving doing. And then I was reaching out to different companies, uh, in Montreal because I was doing the back and forth often and to see my family and to, you know, because Montreal and New York are pretty close. So I was also messaging some companies in Montreal and I was decide i decided to message some food um pro- and food and product companies just because you know i wanted to build my portfolio that was most of what i wanted to do i wanted to see okay well i want to build my fashion portfolio but let me see if i can build other types of photography and just kind of expand what i have right now and that's when i was reaching out to all these food companies and just with the contrast of doing fashion and food i was just realizing that the food aspect is and the foods industry was really, um, what I was loving and also doing interior design, um, and just this whole side of a different kind of beauty, which I was so much more passionate about.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you, I guess were very proactive in those early stages. Did that Definitely. take, did that take kind of a deep inner confidence to sort of put yourself out there or did you you know, you, you found that was something that it wasn't a struggle for you. I'm just curious because a lot of people really struggle with that, Mm -hmm. you know, thing of reaching out to people or, you know, trying to get work and, you know, Mm -hmm. they have all these things in their heads, which basically are the things that hold them back.
1: Um, I, I'm very grateful for that. I feel like my mom made me very confident to really reach out to people and never be afraid and that everybody makes mistakes and you know if you see the wrong thing you know um it's better to 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 speak you you know your truth and say what you want to do to just be afraid um and never say it so i always thought Okay, well, I'll reach out. And if I do not get an answer, or if, you know nobody cares and nobody wants to answer me or wants to work with me, well, then that's fine. But at least I know that I, I've tried. So I always thought that. And I was also the person that and I still am the person that would just call someone or email or now like direct message, or, you know, I just feel like, really reaching out to someone and basically saying, like, I love your work, or I love your company, I love what you do, I would love to work together. For me, there's so much, um, you know, positive about that. And even if they don't want to, or if it's not the right time, you never know, it might be the right time in two years, four years, five years, 10 years, I feel like just reaching out gives already Uh, an opportunity because it just, you know, you're just putting yourself out there. So that's kind of how I always thought and how my mentality was for, for a long time.
0: And I'm curious, so when you were starting out and, you know, doing these early photo shoots, how, you know, what were you attracted to? Were the people that you looked up to in terms of their style of photography? I mean, you managed Annie Leibovitz, you know, previously when you were very young, but were the photographers that you were aspiring to, or did you have a goal in your mind that this is ultimately where I want to end up? Like, Mm -hmm. do you want to work in magazine publishing, for instance, or I know you've done Mm -hmm. a book since then, but was that always the goal or, you know, what was your style like then and what did you want to try and get towards? And, and you know, how are you on that journey now? Like, are you there or is you're still kind of evolving?
1: I feel like I still am evolving and I'm going to evolve like For my whole life i think that we have so much to learn forever and ever and there's always new things to learn and which is what is the most exciting for me in my life is that i know that i will never stop learning and i will never stop evolving and i feel like there's just so much that is going to happen in the future and that will happen and that has happened and it was always my dream to really work for myself and be a freelancer and work for a variety of different companies um and to you know, photograph cookbooks, photograph different types of books and photograph for um, particular brands um, and magazines. And I think, you know, I, I've been doing this for the last 10 years and I still am. And I think now it's more of what my goal is for the future is having those bigger clients and having a a, a roster of clients that, you know, um i i am very excited for uh in my life and just the i feel like now it's not even like a specific um type of photography because i feel like i've really been doing exactly what i love but it's more getting like you know i'm just gonna put it out there in the universe i'm gonna say i would love to shoot for uh Appetit or you know architectural digest like that would be a dream because i think that these are amazing um, publications and networks and things like that so i think that would be amazing but there's always uh bigger goals and bigger things that i want to accomplish and i think that's super important you know um just always um being happy with where where you are but also looking forward to the future you know i think is a good way to expand your ambition and always strive for you know just being better and being greater and um learning also more and more throughout your career
0: so your images are really beautiful and moody and you know this is a beautiful depth and almost like a theatricality to them, not, you know, in an over the top way, but there's there's a real sense of you capturing a moment. Is that, have you always captured food and, and people and places in that way, or has that evolved on your journey as well?
1: It's definitely evolved. I feel like I am constantly learning what, um, I feel like I also, because, you know, trends change uh in photography trends change for styling and prop styling and interior design and so much changes all the time that i feel like my style of photography also changes as well um and i'm constantly also trying to figure that out for myself. Um, I feel like I was having a specific style for a few years, but then it has become a bit more theatrical. It has become a bit more, um, you know, uh, how can I say that? Just not posed, but more like it creates more of a story. And I think, you know, creating kind of a movie scene is always something that I love to do and just, you know, bringing yourself into kind of this setting and creating a setting creating an environment that brings you somewhere. And that makes you kind of dream is I think for me, what I love to do.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I think of your images. I actually, um, I wrote down this little note that you wrote in a caption recently, and you said. I don't want realism. I want magic in black and white. And now that was a bunch of black and white images, but you do that with color. Like you, your, your images, they really have this beautiful magical quality. And I think a filmic kind of feel to them, you know, it's, it is almost like you're in some beautiful art directed movie, you know, they're very um, thoughtful and have got a lot of depth and mood to them. Mm -hmm. And I guess that takes us nicely into Instagram because obviously that very much is a very much a storytelling medium. Mm -hmm. Did you, and you've sort of spoke about how you used Instagram as a way for people to see your portfolio and to sort of get Mm -hmm. out there. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess now your Instagram, it's also a lot about you and you know, your life and, and your personal journey. It's not just about your work. Is that something that you have done deliberately or do you enjoy that side of it? Can you share about your relationship with Instagram and and how you choose to show up on that space?
1: Definitely. I feel like, funny enough, it's changed so much in the last two years. I think it's mostly because of the pandemic, but before my Instagram was a lot of my work and it was mostly, it was actually mostly my work and um, I did not really post much about myself. it was it was here and there. And then during the pandemic, because we were confined, and I was not doing any photo shoots for three months because no clients wanted to spend that money. It was very uncertain. It was a weird it was a very weird time. I'm glad that we are trying to evolve past that. But during that time, I was kind of like, I don't know where to go. Where do I pivot?' I'm I feel like I'm stuck, I'm not doing any creative creativity, and I'm not very much in the creative space right now because I'm confined in my own home. So it's kind of back in April and March 2020 that I was, you know, deciding that I'm going to talk more about my personal journey as an artist and myself on my Instagram and I was talking and I was posting for more photos of me I was doing videos of me painting I was kind of showcasing how I was going through this hard period of all of our lives you know we were all going through something very hard and I think showcasing a bit more of my personality and myself related more to people and I gained a lot of followers and a lot of um, people that were starting to follow me that year. And it very, very much shifted. And I was seeing that a lot of people were interested and were liking what I was posting. So it became much more of a personal platform for me. And in the last um, two years, I gained almost um, 250,000 followers. So it, it definitely changed a lot and it was it was it became a different platform for me in a different um, way of of talking to my followers and showing my work and it also allowed me to expand on so many different mediums of art which i had not expanded on or I had not gone into since I was a child I, I had not really gone into painting that much. I had stopped um, drawing and really the pandemic and this whole new platform and this whole new following kind of forced me to be an artist again and not just a photographer and kind of really explore um, many different avenues and I'm super grateful for that and it definitely changed my life.
0: Did you worry about people then not, you know, for want of a better word or phrase, you know, like not taking you seriously then as a photographer, you know, because obviously you have got all this technical training and experience and you've been working Mm -hmm. for more than 10 years as a photographer Mm -hmm. and there are, you know, it's a very crowded space, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, like again, want of a better word, the influencer kind of Mm -hmm. scene, um, And like you said earlier, you know, a lot of people call themselves a photographer and they don't necessarily have the experience or, Mm -hmm. you know, the sort of the skills to really back that up. And you certainly do. Did Mm -hmm. you worry about that at all? That, you know, by going down that path of sharing more about yourself, that you would be hired less for your work as a photographer?
1: A hundred percent. I feel like I still struggle with that today. I feel like I'm trying to figure out the right balance as to where I stand as both a content creator and a photographer. And at the end of the day, I always remind myself that there's so much space for everybody. And, um, you know, you have to do what makes you fulfilled, what makes you happy. And if that's me doing, 40% content creation, 60% photography or vice versa, or however it goes, that's my own journey that I'm on. And it might change in might pivot it might, you know, there's so many different chapters of our life. And I feel like this is the one that I'm on right now. I'm still shooting a lot for my photography. Um, for for me as a photographer but then I'm also in front of the camera now which I actually really like. I love creating videos and reels and it also allowed me to, you know, discover so many different things about myself that I had not really gone into. So I'm it's definitely something that I think is a struggle and that I think is a struggle for a lot of people um because i think you do can you kind you can get lost in this whole social media world very easily uh but i think reminding myself that you know i'm doing this for what reason and if it's the good ones then to pursue that fully
0: yeah and i just actually had a moment of realization that maybe in some ways this is actually you connecting with that fashion interest that you had mm-hmm. back all those years ago, which is, I mean, I Definitely. think the thing that I have always loved about fashion is, you know, exploring style and exploring storytelling. You know, when you see those amazing photo shoots and they they really are telling a story through clothing and through people and through photography. And in many ways, I guess that's kind of what you're doing right now. So maybe in some ways it's kind of come full circle that exploration. Yeah. Now what I want, what I actually love about your Instagram is not obviously not only just the fact that you create these amazing, um, photos and, and videos, but that there's actually a sense of you having fun on there. And I, I mean, personally, I really struggle with it sometimes in terms of, you know, I feel like I've got to say something worthwhile and not to say that you don't say anything worthwhile because you do all the time. You say you write great captions, but there's a sense of joy in your images. You shared one the other day with you and your mom. You had one recently with you and um, I think you said your best friend. And there's just a beautiful sense of joy in your photos and in your little films that you do um is that intentional like you really kind of create again it feels quite filmic as well you know there's this film quality to your to your images and um yeah what you share is that intentional to sort of put sort of things out there that are quite fun and uplifting but not in a silly way but it is a joyful way
1: i would I hope that it would bring joy to other people because it brings me so much joy. I feel like when I do create things that you know I relate to and that are from my personal life and I include my friends, I include my family, I think that also connects other people to me because it feels very approachable. And it feels like other people are like, oh, I see her with her mother. That's amazing. and that makes me want to call my mother or oh that's her and her best friend i i love that and i recently was talking about making you know new friends in your late 20s and making friends as an adult and um that also connected with a lot of people and i think you know going back to really um having subjects that are super approachable and that make people connected to you and that want to interact with that kind of content is really, really important. I think that it makes people feel less alone and it kind of brings a bit of joy in um, certainly my life, but I would hope uh, other people's too.
0: And what about writing captions? I know that that is something that people struggle with a lot. And like I said, I mean, you certainly create beautiful images, but you're a great writer as well. How do you go about writing captions? Who, you know, who are you thinking of when you're writing? What's your intention when you start writing them?
1: So for me, I, funny enough, also have always really loved poems and writing. And during the pandemic, when this whole thing um, was shifting for me, I also really started to write more and writing poems and um, captions and little sentences that just made me feel like I could just let my heart out. It was a very hard time for a lot of people. And I think, you know, kind of putting those words out there um, a lot of my followers, my family, my friends were relating to those. And I was also pouring my heart out and I just started writing and writing. And um, it didn't really have to be long It actually had to just only be a few words, a few sentences and in a caption, which is exactly what people want, just something quick and just something that can be relatable and approachable and that was my way also of just sharing my thoughts, my emotions and what I was feeling. And it often relates to the picture, sometimes it doesn't, but I, to me, there's so much that goes into uh, imagery and words and combining them together. And I think I have so much pleasure in doing that. And that's kind of what I love about Instagram is creating both together.
0: And what is your approach? Can you kind of like take us behind the curtain a little bit about what's your approach to creating content for Instagram? Mm -hmm. Do you batch? Do you, um, I know you've got presets that you sell, I think. um, Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, photography is a huge part of it. But can you sort of share a little bit about your process behind the scenes?
1: So for me, my process is always... Um, you know, scheduling kind of what posts I do a few days or, you know, a week in advance. And especially when I do work with brands and I'm doing sponsored posts, that those are really important for me to plan ahead. Uh, but when I do content for myself and when I do create for myself, um, it's something that I usually plan in advance and I have a calendar and I just really kind of write things down, some ideas that I have, especially when it's related to video because videos are always a bit longer to make and I have they take a bit more of a process. But um, it's sometimes, you know, it's either me um, kind of getting inspired by what I see through my feeds, what I see on Pinterest, um, what I see during my travels. I think that traveling is, a, is also a big component of my life and how I get most of my inspiration. But it's definitely uh, a lot of planning and I think much more than uh, what most people would think. But um, it has to do with, you know, just kind of me, how I'm feeling, what gets me inspired during that time. Um, and yeah, I think that it's always shifting and there's so many different, um, art forms that just inspire me to, to create and that's, it makes me plan in different ways as well as like, for example, the seasons and uh, how I can incorporate seasons into, um, my, my, my Instagram, because I want people to relate to however, whatever I'm posting, Uh, to like for them to kind of, you know, be like, Oh, this was taken recently, or this was, you know, I can see myself right there right now as what she's doing or like what's happening in either the video or the imagery. So there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of planning behind everything, but I do hope that everything comes out, you know, seamlessly and never forced. That's definitely what I want to convey.
0: Do you use apps to to sort of plan what the grid will look like, or do you just do that on your computer? Or can you sort of share what tools do you use to help make it all happen?
1: So I um, have a tool, an, an app that is called Unum. I think a lot of people use it. It's U N U M, and um, it basically just shows my my grid and um, and I kind of just play with it and see what goes next for um, each post, not only for it to be kind of to to make sense, but for it to look good color wise, um, you know, for it to have a nice flow, a nice theme, and for nothing to be too similar. Also, I don't, and I don't like when I have two photos that look very similar side by side. I really try to have like, cohesive, um, kind of, I guess, account or timeline or, um, feed.
0: Yeah. And do you, so how far in advance would you plan then? Is it like in a week in advance, a month in advance? It's
1: usually up to like a week, I would say not more than a week. Um, it's typically like four or five days.
0: And what about with photography? Can you share a little bit about what camera you use, what type of lens, of course. Um, you know, and presets, you know, what, what are the tools that you use to, to create your beautiful images?
1: So I actually just um, upgraded cameras, which it feels very good because I was long overdue, but I am a team Canon. I've been a Canon girl for the past 15 years. Um, and right now I have a new uh Canon R5, which is their new mirrorless camera, and I absolutely love it. Most of I often only use two lenses, which I bring with me everywhere all the time. My favorite lens is my 50 millimeter, I think it's so versatile. Um, I can shoot interiors, I can shoot food, I can shoot lifestyle with it. I just think it has such a beautiful quality to it. And um, the ratio is is beautiful. I think it works for so many things. And I also have um, my zoom lens, which is the 24 to 70 lens. And also for that, I think for interiors, that's really, really great. And I just, those are my two lenses that I love and um, my camera And I think, like, I don't have a ton of equipment. I love using natural light. To me, it's the most beautiful light. It's the one that looks the most, you know, of course, realistic, but the warmest. It makes you feel cozy. And it makes, you know, the whole image have so much more of a so much more of a realness to it, which I I love. And you can kind of immerse yourself much more in the image when it has natural light. So that's definitely my small equipment, but it's very mighty. (laughs)
0: Um, now I have to ask you to, to explain the mirrorless camera. Um, I've heard Mm -hmm. this come up a little bit recently. Can you share what, kind of differences you don't need to necessarily get too technical but i guess Mm -hmm. you know in essence what's the difference and why did you want to go to mirrorless
1: um to me i mean it's exactly what it is it's a mirrorless camera when um there's no mirror inside usually in a dslr um there's a mirror that is kind of slanted inside and it reflects light and kind of bounces off and in this there's no, there's no mirror, and the 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 rendering of the image to me um, has kind of changed so much, and I feel like mirrorless is really the future of cameras, um, just because of the actual um, quality of the, the the rendering and of the image. It, it kind of has so much more of a sharper finish than. DSLR. And I think that's why so many people are going with Sony and Sony is very much known for their mirrorless cameras. And they're very, very popular. And a lot of Canon people switched to Sony. But now that Canon has uh, these new uh, mirrorless cameras, I think that they're going to really change the game of uh, photography. And I think a lot of different big players, such as like Nikon, and um, Leica and um, even Fuji, you know, they're all going to kind of go to this model just because the there's a, such a different grain to it. The sharpness is like none other, and um, it just also creates just a beautiful finish overall. So I think it's really more of like the quality behind each image and how sharp it is that really changes the game.
0: I'm so glad you explained that to me because even my son has been talking about it and i still haven't really understood, but you, you've helped me understand it. So thank you. Good. Oh, um, great. <laughs> now, um, now you also created a cookbook a couple of years yeah. ago. Can you share how that came about? What was involved with the process? What you learned through doing that?
1: So creating a cookbook was. Probably one of the most amazing projects of my life up to date. I absolutely loved it. It was such an experience. Um, it took two years to create because we really wanted to do it intentionally. And the cookbook is called Seasons. And we shot um, every season and every recipe as it was as the ingredients were going through all the seasons. So it was a very purposeful book. We just, every, it has so much intent and purpose behind it. And we wanted to create such a cozy and, and charming and warm feeling behind it, which I believe that we uh, were able to portray and convey. And it, we also got to include some tables and how to create tables how to create different settings um, outdoors indoors playing with uh, the snow playing with you know warmer days in the country um how to create you know a beautiful setting for two in the forest uh or it, it was also like in the city and we just were able to kind of create all these different settings and different recipes and It just was such an amazing process and I'm so grateful that I got to, to do that. And I am hoping that, um, I will also create another one in the next year or two, hopefully.
0: And so who did you work with that book that was called Meadowland Um, Meadowland. and was it self-published or did you guys go, we did the other person approach you or did you, how did that collaboration come about? And yeah, did you approach a publisher or you self-publish?
1: So it was uh, myself as an author, my mother, and we had a third author, which was um, a chef and a friend of mine. And it was amazing to have her because she was creating a lot of the recipes. And so we were three authors on the cookbook and my mother was there as the creative director as, you know, the style director. And that just was incredible to have her because she's such a pillar in my life and she's such an inspiration to me. So being three women and creating a book with three, what with like us uh, women was just like such a, like a girl power bond. And we were, it was just an amazing experience. And um, what we did was that we, kind of had the idea together, we started creating, we created the recipes and everything. And once we were pretty much done, we had a hundred recipes and we just went to different publishers and we pitched our book and we said, we already have it. This is it. And uh, we, yeah, we, we got published by um, a publisher in Canada called La Presse. Which is also um, one of the, the top newspapers, so it was it was great, and that's who published us, and then we uh, did it super well in Quebec because it's unfortunately only in French, and also we had we were selling it in France a little bit, and we were one of the top books uh, on Amazon in Canada for a long time, so it was a great time.
0: That's awesome. I didn't realize that you did it with your mum as well, because I actually had um, I did actually have down a note to ask you about lessons that you've learned from your mom, because she obviously has such a great sense of style. I can see where you get your own style and the fact that she's sort of worked as, you know, in art directing and, you know, marketing and that side of things. What are some of the big lessons that you've learned from your mum?
1: so many it's i'm so <laughs> grateful for her she's an she's an amazing woman um she always taught me that i can do anything that i want and if i have if i put my mind into things and i really really work hard at them i can achieve anything and i think that was really um important for me in my life because you know being wanting to be an artist and wanting to to work really hard and to really be able to um, create these things. I just was so grateful for her support. And she just was always telling me to like, not really worry about other people, but to really think about my own work and to, you know, um, continue to get inspired by life and my surroundings. And, you know, to, there's no age in life that you you know it's never too late for anything you can do whatever you want at any time of your life if you want to become um you know ai do not i i don't i don't know like a sculptor or a painter when you are 50 60s 80 years old you know you can do whatever and you know i think it's just hard work dedication and passion and love is truly what you know uh, we have to have to, to, to achieve those things, but I think she's just the one that really, um, was helping me to have this mentality my whole life. And I'm really grateful for that.
0: Now, before we get onto the final questions, I have to also ask you about living in New York, what you enjoy about living in New York. Um, you know, setting up a home there, how that's been for you, what's important to you in your home. Can you share a little bit about New York and your home?
1: So New York is a crazy place, as you can only imagine. Um, living here for almost 10 years has made me grow up so much in so many different ways just because, um, you know, there's such an aspect of New York makes you hustle. It makes you, you know, have to vary, to work hard because if you don't work hard, someone else will take your place. You know, we're 8 million people in a tiny little uh, island. So we, we, if you don't work hard, someone will definitely take your spot in a second. So for me, it was just like, there's just so much growing up that I've had to do in those last 10 years uh, in my 20s. And I just found that it was the best place for me to actually be a photographer because I think for a lot of people being a, th- a photographer in New York kind of sounds daunting because there's so many creative people but it just made me made my business grow it made me meet so many incredible different people and I got to um, experience the night and I still get to experience the city in all of its different facets and and aspects. And it constantly inspires me, you know, and I feel like this is the capital of the world where there's people that come from everywhere. You know, it's not, you don't really meet New Yorkers. We're all international. We all have a story. We all come from different places. So this is this is what was the incredible thing for me and just you know continuing to to meet these people and learning and being in new york and also having lived in different neighborhoods has been really great you know when i moved here i moved to the greenwich to greenwich village which was uh super cool and it's very young and then i moved to chelsea which is more on the west side, and um, it was, you know, during my school years, and um, it was the party, like like the party area. And I've now lived on the um, Upper West Side for five years, and which is uptown. It's near Central Park, um, and it's much more quiet. Well, quiet, you know, for New York.
0: For New York, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: Not quiet for the rest of the world, but um, and for me, just being in this area brings me so much joy because I get to, you know, be in the quieter area of Manhattan, but still have, you know, this kind of greenness that I love of New York City, and while still having Central Park and uh, Riverside Park, which I'm in between, and it's just a beautiful uh, thing to, to really be surrounded with. And through all of these different places that I've lived, I've, you know, my style has evolved and my decor has evolved and I got to expand. And, you know, I was with roommates for so long. And then I left by myself in my tiny little studio that I loved that was 300 square feet. And I decorated it how I loved and how, you know, it was, it it was my little haven and now I moved into this one bedroom um about a year ago now and it has the most beautiful moldings and I'm just embracing every uh different apartment that I'm in and you know even though they're rentals I just put so much of my heart and soul into it because to me building uh and being in an apartment is so much more than just you know having your home, it's really having like a a safe place in your little haven to, 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 to call. And I just, for me going, going back to that is just so important. So that's, that's yeah. Building a home is just for me so important.
0: I love that you say that about the fact that you're in a rental and yet it's still really important for you to create a space that you love, because I do get people you know when i'm doing my courses particularly styling because i do think that styling is actually how you can make your home beautiful without having to renovate you know without having to make structural changes it's really being considered about the objects that you have in your space and and how they can you know help you create a beautiful home and um yes i think that's really important A, a really great reminder that Just because you live in a rental doesn't mean to say that you can't make it a place that feels like a home, a sanctuary from a busy city. Yeah.
1: A hundred percent. I love that. I love that word sanctuary. I think it's such a an amazing word because I feel like that's all what we're trying to create, you know, at the end of the day.
0: Now I do have one last question before I get into the last rapid fire one. I mean, you have such a great sense of your own personal style. And, you know, I think that you express that in your home as well. Has your style, you know, it's quite, it's rooted in quite a kind of classic look. Has that been something that you have always had? Do you, um, you know, there's so living in New York, I mean, you would be exposed to so many different looks and trends and all of that. Why do you gravitate towards that? And. Yeah. Has that changed over the years or what, you know, how would you sort of define your sense of style and, and how it helps you, you know, in terms of your life and how how it makes you feel?
1: I think my style, um, has evolved so much in the last few years. Um, I think that my style clothing wise has become so much more classic. And also, I've kind of embraced myself and my fem- femininity, fa- femininity. Sorry, I always have a trouble with that, because I always want to say it in French. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I've embraced this feminine aspect of my life that I used to kind of feel like I was a bit of a um, of a tomboy, which I don't love that word, but I always felt like I, I was dressing, you know, like all the boys and I was putting a white t-shirt and jeans and converse and I would call it a day. And I was, I really embraced my body and, um, you know, my, and I was just trying to kind of do that in the last few years and wearing classic clothes and going back to dresses and wearing heels and it just really also helped me with my confidence and also it helped me with my interior and my decor and my style i started loving and really getting into more of like these um, design pieces that were timeless and classic and uh i it, it evolved in such a beautiful way because i just felt like um i was always interested in decor and home and i always loved neutrals but i really really shifted into buying pieces that i would want to keep forever and really having pieces that were timeless and not only in my fashion sense but in my home decor sense and buying art and really investing in new art and i think that um that It has evolved so much. And I'm so grateful for that because I think that, you know, really honing into those classic pieces and those timeless pieces is what will just, you know, keep with time. And I will be able to bring these pieces with me clothing wise or home decor wise with me for the rest of my life, you know, and I think that uh, purchasing these like quality items that are beautiful and classic and timeless are, are so, so nice to have.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. All right. So I've got some quick rapid fire style questions for you. Um, just whatever comes to mind. The first one is kind of the tricky one, but anyway, I'm sure you can do it. I think so. Uh, which five words best describe you? Oh
1: my God. Okay. Um, creative, uh, inspired, patient, <laughs> Um, ambitious and perfectionist. Okay.
0: <laughs> what's the best life or career lesson you've learned?
1: The universe will always have your back. Hmm.
0: Like that. Uh, what's your proudest career achievement?
1: I think my, my cookbook.
0: I can see that. What's been your best decision?
1: Best decision of my life was moving to New
0: York. Who inspires you? My mom. I knew you were going to say that I can understand. why. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What are you passionate about?
1: Can I say everything (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I'm passionate about beauty? I think that's a good way of, uh, in, in embracing and, um, kind of bringing a lot of things together, but I'm passionate about beauty in all its forms.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what really shows up on your Instagram feed as well. And, and in your photography, what dream do you still want to fulfill? I think my
1: dream is to have another cookbook and have many different extensions of that, whether, whatever that might be, we'll see in the future, but definitely another
0: cookbook. Okay. What are you reading at the moment?
1: Oh my God. I actually was just going to start a new book. Um, I believe it's called Italian Summer, and um, I just started it. And um, it's about a girl that goes to Italy. Her mom just passed away, and she meets her mother as her mother's um, as as her mother's younger self. So she becomes friends with her own mother when her mother was like 25 years old so it's such a beautiful story and i think it ties into my love for travel and also kind of um the relationship that i have with my mom so i'm really excited to read this this new book
0: yeah sounds good and um, what are you listening to do you listen to podcasts or do you listen to music when you work um i yeah, really what to you listen to
1: I listen to both definitely. My favorite pos- podcast is the podcast from the New York Times. I listen to the Daily. I love it. It's my like 25 minute of news of what's going on in the world. Um, and it's, it's so um, educational. And I just love um, the, the host. He's great. And for music, I listen to so many different things. I love having folk music. I love Uh, kind of just having some lo-fi music when I'm working I love rap I love reggaeton it's like I can go from so many different things and I just yeah I'm always up to up to learning about a new genre or you know a new artist
0: Um, I, I love that. I bet you've got great taste in music. Do you have a Spotify playlist that you share with others?
1: Yes, you can definitely follow me on Spotify. I create many, many playlists, which I love to do.
0: And what's your, um, is it just under your name?
1: It's under my name. It's under Chloe Crane LaRue, and I have French playlists. I have playlists for when you're sad. I have playlists for when you can't sleep in the night. I have playlists for... When you want to feel like you're in a music video, I have all these things. So, yeah.
0: I'm going to check that out for sure. (laughs) I'll put a a link in the show notes too. Um, What piece of advice would you give to your younger self?
1: To not worry in that everything will always work itself
0: out. So true. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I have loved learning more about you and your journey. And um, yeah, it's it's really brought it all to life. So I really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you so much. It was such a lovely, uh, you know, thing to be on this podcast and to, for meeting you. And I really hope we can actually meet in person someday. And thank you so much for having me.
0: All of the links and info for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can get a direct download of the latest episode. And I really appreciate when you take a minute to rate and review, as well as share the love with someone you know who might benefit from this episode or on social media. If you'd like to access a range of free resources, come visit my website, nataliewalton.com. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast. And I would also like to acknowledge the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint.